Chapter One of Indian Child Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Indian Child Life by Charles Eastman. The Pitiful Last what boy would not be an indian for a while when he thinks of the freest life in the world this life was mine every day there was a real hunt there was real game no people have a better use of their five senses than the children of the wilderness we could smell as well as hear and see we could feel and taste as well as we could see and hear nowhere has the memory been more fully developed than in the wild life and i can still see wherein i owe much to my early training of course i myself do not remember when i first saw the day but my brothers have often recalled the event with much mirth for it was a custom of the sioux that when a boy was born his brother must plunge into the water or roll in the snow naked if it was winter time and if he was not big enough to do either of these himself water was thrown on him if the newborn had a sister she must be immersed the idea was that a warrior had come to camp and the other children must display some act of hardihood i was so unfortunate as to be the youngest of five children who soon after i was born were left motherless i had to bear the humiliating name hakeda meaning the pitiful last until i should earn a more dignified and appropriate name i was regarded as little more than a plaything by the rest of the children the babe was done up as usual in a movable cradle made from an oak board two and a half feet long and one and a half feet wide on one side of it was nailed with brass-headed tacks the richly embroidered sack which was open in front and laced up and down with buckskin strings over the arms of the infant was a wooden bow the ends of which were firmly attached to the board so that if the cradle should fall the child's head and face would be protected on this bow were hung curious playthings strings of artistically carved bones and hoofs of deer which rattled when the little hands moved them in this upright cradle i lived played and slept the greater part of the time during the first few months of my life whether i was made to lean against a lodgepole or was suspended from a bough of a tree while my grandmother cut wood or whether i was carried on her back or conveniently balanced by another child in a similar cradle hung on the opposite side of a pony i was still in my oaken bed this grandmother who had already lived through sixty years of hardships was a wonder to the young maidens of the tribe she showed no less enthusiasm over hakeda than she had done when she held her firstborn the boy's father in her arms every little attention that is due to a loved child she performed with much skill and devotion 
she made all my scanty garments and my tiny moccasins with a great deal of taste it was said by all that i could not have had more attention had my mother been living Anchida, grandmother was a great singer sometimes when hakeda wakened too early in the morning she would sing to him something like the following lullaby sleep sleep my boy the chippewas are far away are far away sleep sleep my boy prepare to meet the foe by day the foe by day the cowards will not dare to fight till morning break till morning break sleep sleep my child while still tis night then bravely wake then bravely wake the dakota women were wont to cut and bring their fuel from the woods and in fact to perform most of the drudgery of the camp this of necessity fell to their lot because the men must follow the game during the day very often my grandmother carried me with her on these excursions and while she worked it was her habit to suspend me from a wild grapevine or a springy bough so that the least breeze would swing the cradle to and fro she has told me that when i had grown old enough to take notice i was apparently capable of holding extended conversations in an unknown dialect with birds and red squirrels once i fell asleep in my cradle suspended five or six feet from the ground while Anchida was some distance away gathering birch bark for a canoe a squirrel had found it convenient to come upon the bow of my cradle and nibble his hickory nut until he awoke me by dropping the crumbs of his meal it was a common thing for birds to alight on my cradle in the woods after i left my cradle i almost walked away from it she told me she then began calling my attention to natural objects whenever i heard the song of a bird she would tell me what bird it came from something after this fashion hakeda listen to shechoka the robin calling his mate he says he has just found something good to eat or listen to upahanska the thrush he is singing for his little wife he will sing his best when in the evening the whippoorwill started his song with vim no further than a stone's throw from our tent in the woods she would say to me hush it may be an ojibway scout again when i waked at midnight she would say do not cry hinakaga the owl is watching you from the treetop i usually covered up my head for i had perfect faith in my grandmother's admonitions and she had given me a dreadful idea of this bird it was one of her legends that a little boy was once standing just outside of the teepee tent crying vigorously for his mother when hinakaga swooped down in the darkness and carried the poor little fellow up into the trees it was well known that the hoot of the owl was commonly imitated by indian scouts when on the warpath 
there had been dreadful massacres immediately following this call therefore it was deemed wise to impress the sound early upon the mind of the child indian children were trained so that they hardly ever cried much in the night this was very expedient and necessary in their exposed life in my infancy it was my grandmother's custom to put me to sleep as she said with the birds and to waken me with them until it became a habit she did this with an object in view an indian must always rise early in the first place as a hunter he finds his game best at daybreak secondly other tribes when on the warpath usually make their attack very early in the morning even when our people are moving about leisurely we like to rise before daybreak in order to travel when the air is cool and unobserved perchance by our enemies as a little child it was instilled into me to be silent and reticent this was one of the most important traits to form in the character of the indian as a hunter and warrior it was considered absolutely necessary to him and was thought to lay the foundations of patience and self-control end of the pitiful last recording by lucretia b